So in the end, Republicans did not have a good night. That's how it's going to get characterized. That's how it's going to get played. Now, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I see opportunity maybe where other people don't, but I never deny reality. And the reality was, was that the political right set up the expectation of red wave, forgetting, of course, that politics is an expectations game. And you don't set an expectation that makes it difficult for you to get to. You set the expectations low so you can exceed them. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. But no matter what. This isn't what they expected. This isn't what they wanted. And there's a question as to how this all played out. How do you lose Pennsylvania to a guy who cannot complete a sentence? How do you have these uh, races, these congressional races that you don't get the pickups on? How is it possible, possible that at the end of the day, the Republicans might not control the Senate? What is to learn from this? And am I crazy for having a little bit of a glass half full kind of look. Not a little bit, a lot of it, because I take a look at some school board races, I take a look at some things that happen in Florida, I take a look at some things that happen in other places and say, wait a second, maybe there's an opportunity here. Noah Rothman joins me right now from Commentary Magazine, commentary.org, and uh, we have, going back now, six, seven years, been discussing the political nature of things and how America sees it. And certainly, this was a race of inflation. This was a race of crime. This was an election of possibly the border. No, 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 no. This seems to be an election of, yeah, but that guy who's running as a Republican is a real weirdo creep and I don't want him. What's your take? Uh, I think that's fair. I don't think it would be Pollyanna-ish to say that there were some real bright spots for Republicans, obviously in Florida, where there was a profound seismic shift, particularly in really Democratic areas of the state, like Hillsborough County, where Tampa is, and Miami-Dade, where Miami is. Also in New York, in New York State, there was a seismic shift in the direction of the GOP. It wasn't enough to carry Lee Zeldin over the over the hump and get him into the governor's mansion, but it's likely enough to deliver three, maybe even four congressional seats to the GOP, ton of down-ballot races, real dramatic shifts. But those are the exceptions that prove the rule, and the rule is that Republican candidates up and down the ballot missed the mark. Uh, In particular, the candidates that the populist right favors, bomb-throwing, neophytes, entirely new to politics, uh, particularly Donald Trump's picks, the candidates and Republicans who emerged victorious, even perhaps including Adam Lexalt, who may not win, but is deleting at this particular moment, uh, all of them have some really convincing claim to conventionality. They've been in politics for a while. They've studied legislative affairs. They have records to run on. That's the sort of thing that Republican or that voters, the broad universe of voters, did not punish. What they punished were the excesses the excesses of the Republican right, for a third consecutive election cycle. At a certain point, Republicans have to study the definition of insanity and wonder the degree to which what they're doing isn't working, because it ain't working. If Republicans want anything more tangible than the satisfaction they derive from owning the libs on Twitter, they ain't getting it. 
from the Trump right. And this is so this this is immediately taken as you see, this is what they want you to do. They want you to think it's about Trump. But the truth is they're cheating. And I've already gotten I've, I've literally gotten those voicemails uh, today. There are two ways to look at this. And the oh, first, I'm, sorry. And you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, because this is a brilliant point and I want you to, to make it. But that dog ain't going to hunt just by virtue of the exit polls. You look at the exit polling, preliminary exits not being you know whatever they are. They're not off by 40, 50 points. And to a tr- profound degree, seven in 10 Republicans said they had absolute faith in their local elections to be conducted capably and fairly. This is not a federal issue. People actually do trust their local officials. The idea here that Republicans are going to, you can incept in the mind of Republicans the idea that this was stolen from them, requires a lot of work, a lot of legwork. Remember, Donald Trump was laying the groundwork for a stolen election narrative months before the vote happened. There was no groundwork laid here. So if you're going to commit to that to try to make that a thing, you have to do a whole lot of work. And Republican voters are starting from a place of not accepting it. I'm sorry, continue. So so this is about this conversation of, is Trump the thing you have to pull away from? I, when when I go back to those conversations we had in 2016 about Trump and his connection to to the electorate, we had massive disagreement. Now I want to have the same conversation about Trump and a connection to the electorate because I'd be a fool to say that it doesn't exist. The question is, what is the equal force to it? Meaning. Is this a moment where uh, members of the Senate, members of the House who have been wary of speaking out about Trump now can have the backbone, they now have the rod in the spine to say, you know what? That Ron DeSantis guy is a heck of a guy. You know what? I like what Greg Abbott just did in dispatching a Beto O'Rourke there. You know what? Brian Kemp is an interesting guy uh, in, in, in Georgia. All three guys, by the way, who won without saying the words Trump once guys were not necessarily liked by Donald Trump. You already see that he sees DeSantis as a guy in the way. Does this create for Republicans the moment of pushing aside? And how do those people who do the push aside deal with the MAGA response, right? The, those Trump loyalists who say you're just a phony and you're just this and you're just that and take up the oxygen in the room. I mean, that's that's the big question. And I don't know how to answer that. We saw, in many ways, the results of this election have thrust us right back to February 2021. Um, First of all, Democrats, just to get that out of the way, they're all that gentle pushing of Joe Biden off the stage. That's over. Joe Biden has weathered a historic storm, beat beat precedent, earned the deference of his party. He's going to get it. Anybody who is inclined to say the Democratic Party has governed too far to the left over the last couple of years is going to face insurmountable pressure to shut up. That's that. On the Republican side, we're going to be privy to the kind of debates you're talking about that we were privy to in February 2021. Is Donald Trump a drag on the Republican Party? Is election denial a a hindrance to winning elections? Is the new Republican coalition, which is predominantly working class, attracting more Hispanics, sufficient to win elections, even though you lose in that equation affluent, educated suburban voters that were traditionally the GOP's bread and butter? Is that a viable political strategy? We're going to have all these debates again. Can't wait. But it passes pro You do not sound serious about that. You sound like a guy who can wait. I can really wait. Yeah, because we did all this. We did all this before. And the result of that debate was a rather definitive verdict on the part of Republican voters and the Republican officials who listened to Republican voters, which was no, no, we like Trump. We want Trump. 
We don't care if it loses us elections. We don't. We we like what how you respond to that. How, how what it how mad it makes you. How provocative he is. How how frustrated everybody in the in the in the universe of polite effete opinion responds to this. Okay, now now. Now but let's. They, will it win again? I don't know the answer to that because it's at a certain point the costs are mounting. Talking to Noah Rothman, Noah C. Rothman on Twitter. He is the author of The Rise of the New Puritans, which you can get at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Let's have a friendly fight. Because I want to make sure everybody understands what I think this Trump connection conversation is and where we go from here. There was a belief that fighting matters, and there were a tremendous number of people, we'll put them in the Bill Crystal, David French camp, who had no interest in, in the fight, or at least perceived to have no interest in, in the fight, and it was seen as just wrong. You cannot not fight people who are coming at you and attacking you 24-7, 365. I would argue that that is still an extremely important piece of any future election, and I believe that Ron DeSantis absolutely positively proves how you take on that fight. I think he does it better uh, than Trump because he does it with more deftness. He does it with more clarity. He does it with less vitriol. At least that's the perception. But the fight still matters. So I think the question before us is is, is it solely and exclusively about presentation or is it about policy is it about specific things or is it all about this guy want trump wants to pick that guy who will do exactly what trump says in terms of the attack but doesn't have any meat behind him because people who are trump supporters think that trump has meat behind him i'm gonna really fail to satisfy you here and not fight with you at all I don't disagree with the word you said. I mean, there is some there will be some effort to incept in the minds of voters that, oh, gosh, we don't want the czar back. We don't want conservatism circa 2015 and Jeb Bush coming back. Those arguments are over. They've been settled for years. That is not the argument that's being had. Of course, the fight matters. You can be. It's not the fight. It's being efficacious, effective as a governor. Ron DeSantis is many things in one corporeal form. He is a really banal, competent governor who shepherds property insurance reform through the legislature. Very popular. He's also a controversial figure who, who um, sponsors and, or, or, or shepherds bills like the education reform bill, what, what detractors called Don't Say Gay Bill, maligned it. But that was very popular too. You can be controversial and still be popular. You can be effective and be, still be popular in the pursuit of conservative uh, or even just right-leaning political objectives. What you can't, I don't think, be is uh, just pure bombast and set yourself up for losing fights. And that's the other side of Ron DeSantis. The other side of Ron DeSantis are culture wars that end in a cul-de-sac. This, for example, this effort to strip Disney of its privileges is going to end in a compromise in the legislature that won't have the effect that a lot of the people pounding the table wanted it to have. They wanted to see Disney crushed. You're not going to get that. You're going to get a very mild reform on the margins and incrementalism. When the state legislature decided in Florida that it could force social media companies to let Donald Trump tweet again, 
I'm sorry, the state legislature can't do that. The governor of Florida can't do that. It might satisfy you. It might tickle your political erogenous zones, but it doesn't get anything done. And it's a sugar high that doesn't last. I think those two things are in conflict now, and we're going to have a debate over which one emerges as the, the primary animating force for Republican voters. And Republican voters like to provoke. They like to see the people they don't like annoyed. I do, too. Who doesn't? But the idea now that Republicans are going to have to confront is the degree to which these people who have no political experience, who exist only as provocative figures, who annoy the right people, but don't win you elections, don't get what you want to see done happening. Look, I'm miserable this morning about the conditions that are going to prevail into the foreseeable future. Inflation isn't going to get any better. We're on the verge of a recession. It's only going to get worse. Every single lax on crime DA is going to just be continue to be lax on crime. There is no COVID reckoning, reckoning with the lockdowns and what we did. There is no parents' revolt. The education reforms that we want to see will not happen. Your kids will still be taught uh, critical race theory in schools, and they will still have uh, transgender education books that are going to be privy to them. All this stuff that we don't like is going to happen now as a result of what? Our peak, our id, our desire to see the, the libs owned and driven before us and cry and drink their tears? Nonsense. It's trash and trivial, and we need to get over it and grow up. Now, let me get into the growing up part, talking to Noah Rothman. Uh, he is the author of The Rise of the New Puritans, Fighting Back Against Progressives' War on Fun. Get that at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Well, I still have a couple minutes with you. I am a believer that heads should roll. That while I see opportunity, even in this election, I'm also nobody's fool. Just like my Indianapolis Colts fired uh, the coach midway through a season, I believe that you have to fire Rona McDaniel. Uh, I don't think she should be heading up the Republican Party anymore. And I think there is real reason for people to challenge Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. And Jackie Heinrich over at Fox News has been uh, floating the idea that she's hearing that Steve Scalise, if Republicans don't grab enough seats, is going to make that move. Um, Am I right or am I wrong? Uh, You're absolutely right. And we should have been having this conversation two years ago. There's no universe of, of political competence in which the head of, uh, of the national committee who presides over a losing election, two losing elections, I think, because she, she presided over 2018, too, keeps her job. There's no universe in which a, a president who serves only a single term gets to define the course that their party evolves on. It's just, it's just unheard of. It's cult-like behavior. It's absolutely self-destructive. So, yes, we should have had this before, and, and Kevin McCarthy is an exceptionally weak steward of his conference. Um, he, the, the extent to which I'm, I don't see anybody coming up behind him who will do a better job is a little disconcerting, but he has no claim to the leadership of his party and, and he will be challenged. I suspect that unfortunately more traction will, um, be, uh, be given to people like, um, Jim Jordan, who is himself a bomb thrower, who is himself very Trumpy and who is himself more inclined to wage these kind of, uh, quixotic, crusades, these culture war crusades that have very little legislative value to them, that are sugar highs, that win a news cycle, but nobody remembers in two months. That's the kind of thing that I think they're, they're going to try to say, well, that's what Republican voters want. And is that what they want? It might be what they want. But if that's what they want, it comes at the expense of winning elections and getting things done that actually people care about. These are two unsustainable uh, dispositions. They are on a collision course. They, they've collided several times over the last several years, but they're on 
something of an existential course. The one part of one this- or the other must prevail. The two cannot exist simultaneously. The one part of this that we're not getting into and we're not going to be able to get into right now is that the other side is willing to vote for quite literally anything that they're told to vote for. They don't have this rejection gene. And that's going to be a worthy conversation in the days and weeks ahead. Noah Rothman, Noah C. Rothman on the Twitter box. The rise of the new Puritans fighting back against progressives' war on fun. Get that at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. I appreciate you taking the time. I have got much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.